0: Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. Right, so we are in uh, the third week of a series that's called Love Actually. And the premise behind the idea in terms of the series is that people have all sorts of ideas about what love is. And uh, we're trying to say love actually is like this. And so uh, I'll share a little bit about what our actually is today, but just want to give you that idea as we get started this morning. How many of you have been aware of this idea lately of fake news? It's a big topic at the moment, especially if you're following presidential business across the pond, uh, but it's become a massive issue. I think it's been going on for a long time. This idea. I guess when you and I, maybe I was just a bit naive, when we turn on the news and we watch a news story, we trust that it's the truth, right? Because news agencies are there to report the facts. That's the idea. And I've just become aware, I guess, in the season of where uh, politics is at in the world, that there's all sorts of weirdness going on. So, like, there are certain news channels that have an agenda and other news channels that have different agendas. And then there are people that are creating stories out of nothing are taking facts and are twisting them and their goal really is to sell an agenda through that information and so what happens is you and i in the world maybe innocently watch the news and because we hear something we assume it's true because these people are supposed to be trustworthy amen do you understand where i'm what i'm saying at this point But the danger is that the more and more that this happens and it is happening more and more I believe we don't know what's true anymore I don't know when you hear a story now a part of you thinks is this fake news or is this real news we lose our perspective on what the real news is and we get all sorts of messages coming to us that are engineered by people that are mistruths amen some of them are just blatant lies Some of the facts are spun to appear in a certain light. Um, And there's this issue going on in the world where truth is under attack. Would you agree with me that truth has become what people say it is? What they want it to be in a moment because there's a certain agenda that they're trying to promote. How many of you have heard it said, you know, like if people disagree... And one of your friends has had a fight with another friend for argument's sake. Or one of your children has had a fight with the other children. And they come and they're complaining about what this other person said or what this other person did. Those of you who have been around for a little bit long enough will know that there's always two sides to the story. Amen. <laughs> and what I want to say today is that's our common assumption. But I was chatting with a friend the other day, Paul, who, who, who made a statement that just somehow stuck in my mind. This idea that there are three sides to every story. There's your version, there's my version, and then there's the truth. Just let that sink in for a little while. Your version, my version, and the truth. Because we all like to think that our version of the truth is the real truth. Amen. But how many of you have realized that you have a sinful nature? And that no matter how integrous you think you are, we all... And I'm going to say that again, we all fall into the trap of bending the truth to suit ourselves. Amen? I don't hear so many amens right now, because we are Christians, and we all believe that we speak the truth. The danger is we think we're speaking the truth, but it might not be the exact truth. Amen? So my point really as I get started today is to just make this point. Please do not ever assume that you have cornered the market on what is truth. The only person who speaks the unadulterated truth is God. Amen? Okay. You're still not sure maybe about that. Consistently, time after time, God is the only one who speaks truth into the earth and into our lives. Today we're talking about this idea of truth and love, amen, and how those really work together. And that's what I want to develop today. But what I I really want you to understand today, it's important, it's so, so important that you and I have an external reference point of truth. And I would say the only trustworthy source of truth is God's word. Because if we rest in our human ability to speak the truth, we will be deceived. We will think that we are in truth. But the beautiful thing about deception is you don't know you're not in truth. And so I I wanna throw it out there and say, let's wave that red flag high. Let's be honest with ourselves. We don't like to talk about everything in our lives. It's hard for us to deal in the currency of truth. Truth is living out in the light. Amen? Undisputably and openly. And if you are a human being, there is always this element of, if you really knew me, you wouldn't like me. You wouldn't accept me. And so I choose not to tell you certain things for that reason. And we don't deal in truth. But the Bible says that true love casts out all fear because in love with god there is no fear of judgment so my 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 thought process is how can we begin to outwork this truth in our lives so that we can be people who walk in truth we have to have an external source that can contradict us in terms of truth Amen? We have to hold God's word up high so it can contradict the sin in our lives. Because we all live and we all in some way or form become comfortable with certain elements of sin or expressions of sin. It's just a fact. We don't like to agree with that but it's the reality. We have to be real with ourselves and say actually the only truth The real truth is what God has spoken and speaks to us. There's this major misconception in the world, and this is the misconception that I want us to understand today, that for you to love me, you have to just accept me as I am. And don't contradict or confront me on anything, because you're judging me. Amen. So how can we have this tension of loving people but also speak about sin openly because we need external references to help us walk uprightly. 1 Corinthians is a fantastic passage that talks about loads of different qualities regarding love. In in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 6, listen to this, it says, Love does not delight in evil. But rejoices, or in other words, it celebrates truth. Now, when we talk about this whole idea of fake news, etc., going on in the world, there are people who are delighting in deceiving us. Human nature wants to manipulate people, but God doesn't work like that. Love rejoices. In the truth, so I'd like if I can just now for a few moments to look at a passage of scripture in Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, I'm going to read from verse 11 or read a few verses, jump a little bit, and then read on. Right, so it should be up on the screen for you. Let's read together. So Christ Himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and the teachers to equip his people for works of service. Just so this is the, Listen now as I read. This is the, the general idea of, of why we need truth. To equip his people for works of service, but also so that the body, you and I together, may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith, And in the knowledge of the Son of God, and we become mature. So the scripture says these fivefold ministries the pastors, evangelists, prophets, teachers, etc., are there to help us to mature. That is the role that they play to equip us, all of us, to do the work of the ministry, but also to help us to mature. There's a role that they play for that cause attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ because the danger is for most of us is that we will think that we have grown and we're growing and we're growing but there is always so much more of the fullness of Christ that is available to us and our goal is to grow into the fullness of all that Jesus has for us. It goes on to say, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming." (laughs) Did you hear what just was said there? The world is full of all sorts of winds, of teaching, of agendas. Pushed by politicians and governments and activists and all sorts of other people. And the church even has winds of teaching that veer away from the truth. So if you want to, you can go and find teaching from churches all around the world that will agree and say the sin in your life, it's not a problem it's actually not sin even you can find it if you want that's a scary thought that's a scary thought that there are people out there who who loved God and who teach his word but who have become deceived who have been questioning some of the hard truths and and in their human ability are resolving it in certain ways and presenting it as new truth there's danger in that verse 15 says, Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become, in every respect, the mature body of Him who is the head that is Christ. Then we're going to jump down uh, to verse 22. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self which is being corrupted that's scary right there paul is saying to the christians there is a sinful nature in you that is corrupting you right now it's always waging war against you tempting you to live like the old self but we're called to be changing on a daily basis To put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. To be made new in the attitude of your minds. To stop thinking the way you used to think, right? Um, And to put on the new self, like you get dressed in the morning. It's not like I get my outfit when I become a Christian and I'm sorted. Every day I have to put on Jesus. Every day I have to think about how I clothe myself, what people will see in the way that I spiritually dress, if you will. It can also be the physical. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak, for, and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. So there's this idea that the only real truth out there is God's truth. Amen. That's our external source of truth so that we can always fall back on it and it can always guide us straight. We don't bend God's word to suit ourselves. We bend to God's word. Amen. That is what God has called us to. Even if we don't understand God's word, I'm getting ahead of myself. We'll get there. So let's look at Jesus this morning, and let's look at how uh, he expresses this idea of truth and love. How can I fully love and accept somebody, but how can I still speak truth into their lives where appropriate? It's not like I'm going around now looking for every little thing that I can pick out in yours, and you're doing the same in my life. We're not trying to be critical and judgmental, but when there is something that needs to be addressed, how do we go about it? Is it okay? Yes! We must speak the truth to one another in love. Amen. Our goal is to be renewed daily to grow in the Lord. There are some people like these fivefold ministry who God puts in the church, and that's a massive role of their lives. Amen. And their ministry is to guard the sheep and to equip them to grow and be all that Jesus wants them to be. So Jesus, there are a couple of occasions... Which show us that Jesus fully loved people, he fully accepted people, and he fully spoke the truth to them. And I'd like us to look at two quickly. The one story is the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. Jesus has been ministering, uh, and he arrives in Sychar, Uh, there's a well there, he's tired and he rests, and the Samaritan woman comes to the well, and he says to her, "'Please would you draw some water for me to have a drink?' And the conversation goes, well, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan. and We don't really hang out or chat, what have you. Uh, And Jesus now starts to speak to her and he says to her, you know what? I have water that will satisfy you and you will never thirst again. He's hanging out a carrot right there. And she's like, this sounds amazing. This guy's talking to me. He shouldn't be talking to me. We don't get on. We're different people. It's not acceptable, blah, blah, blah. And Jesus is speaking to her and saying, I have water for you that will satisfy your deepest thirst. And she says to Jesus, now listen, he's wet her appetite. She now wants what he has. She says, well, can, please can you give me this water that you speak of? It's like He's been sharing the good news with her and now she's come to the point where she's like gagging for the truth. And Jesus changes the direction of the conversation on a button. She's saying, well, can I have some of the water? And he says to her, go and get your husband and come back. And she's like, um. He suddenly put his finger on some sin in her life. He starts talking about the fact that she's had many husbands and the guy that she's with now is not her husband he's loving her and he's accepting her he hasn't said anything to make her feel ashamed or guilty he's just said I know about you I know about the deepest crevices of your life and I still love you but we need to talk right he points it out, and then he goes on to talk about how one day his worshipers will worship on the same mountain in spirit and in truth. Worship is love. It's, it's, it's expressing our love for God in song on a Sunday or wherever, but it's how we live our lives, our whole lives, are worship. And he just says, when we actually are worshipping, when we're loving, it's got to be in the light. It's got to involve truth. He doesn't make her feel rubbish. Do you you understand? But he took the time to mention something so that she would know that he knows. And he wants to talk about it. Amen. There's another story about another lady who is caught in the act of adultery. Embarrassing. Right in the act. The Pharisees grab her and they want to test Jesus and they drag her before Jesus and all those people, I mean, like exposing her lifestyle. Can you see how they were shaming her? By pulling her out in front of people and making a big deal of the issues going on in her life. Right? And they say in, in, the, in the law, uh, Moses said that in this circumstance, we should stone to death A person caught in adultery. What do you say, Jesus? Now this poor woman, I mean, Jesus bends down and he starts to write something in the sand. He's so smart. And the guys read it, and you know the story. One by one, they walk away. And she's left there with Jesus. And he's written there, He who is without sin, let him cast the first stone. So Jesus is loving this woman who's just been caught in adultery. He is accepting her. Amen? He says to her, where are your accusers? And she says, there are none. And he says, listen to this now. Please, listen carefully. Jesus' own words to the woman caught in sin. Neither do I condemn you. Go and leave your life of sin. Do you see? Do you see how this works out? Jesus doesn't make her feel like a worm. He doesn't crush her and point out her sin. When everyone else is shaming her, he says, I love you. But you can't carry on living like this. Truth. In love amen truth was so important to Jesus that he was prepared to come and hang on a cross and be murdered murdered for you and for me so that we would never have to live in guilt and condemnation so that we would know that we are loved And know that we are accepted, but the penalty for sin had to be paid. And he decided rather than you, it would be him. He died so that you don't have to. Here's the truth that he was prepared to die for. Sin is wrong. Sin hurts you. Sin hurts the people around you. I didn't create you to live this way. This is the truth. Sin enslaves you. It holds you in guilt and shame and condemnation. You live two lives. Because you live in fear. That's the truth of sin. Sin without Jesus separates us from God. Because he is perfect and holy. But he wanted us to be with him so much that he chose to send Jesus to make it possible. Hell is real. Amen. (laughs) It's real. If sin is real, the devil is real, hell is real, we don't want to go there. Amen. The world needs to know. Because right now, it doesn't think it's a big deal. Right now, the world is inventing its own truth. And it thinks it's right. And it's trying to impose its values on the church. It's starting to come into traditions and teachings in the church so subtly... And we have to wise up. We have to know what God's word says and let it be the signpost in our lives. Jesus said in John chapter 8, and I want to answer this question, what's the purpose of truth? Jesus said, to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, listen now, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The truth, God's truth, is to set you and me free. We have to live in his truth on a daily basis to stay free from the effects of sin. Amen. How does truth liberate us? is my second question. You know, when you're lost, you just wander around in circles. And there are many people in the world who are wandering around in circles. They don't know they're lost because they don't know what the truth is. The truth is like a compass and a map. Suddenly, you know where you are in relation to where you might want to be or where you should be. And you can chart a course to get there. Amen? That is the point of truth. To give us perspective. To orientate us. And to help us find our way forward. So whenever we deal in this idea of truth and love, it is for the, the whole purpose of reconciling people to God and reconciling ourselves to one another and reconciling the world to God. That's the whole point of truth and if you want to know what we believe as a church about truth this is a non-negotiable we will not discuss this idea or be moved from it because it's non-negotiable some of the stuff in christianity is debatable but there are certain truths that we must hold to and this one is true the bible all of it is god's word If we start to pick it apart, we have nothing. Then it's, well, I think this bit's true. And then it's, well, I think this bit's true. This bit's true for me. It doesn't have to be true for you. What use is that? What use is that to us? Uh, Paul writes in 2 Timothy, and I want to finish with this idea. Listen now. The first word is really important. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful. All scripture is God-breathed. and You you know that word scripture is the, the Greek word graphe, and it means the written down stuff. You know, a human being had to write that down. So, potentially, people are saying, well, it was written by men. doesn't really apply. But you have to understand the tradition that went behind writing down. It was so important not to veer one iota from the truth that it was very carefully written down by those inspired by God we can talk about that but actually what you have to settle is that it's God's word it's all scripture is God breathed not just the bits you like not just the bits you understand even the bits you haven't grasped yet you have to hold it up and say God by faith I accept that your word is true even if right now I haven't quite got it. That's how we should approach the Word of God. Now, I've only got a couple of minutes left. oops excuse me. Let me help you kind of illustrate this. I, about 10 years ago, bought myself a mountain bike. And I like to think I'm quite a handy person. But I didn't really know much about mountain bikes. I could guess. And so I bought this book. It's called Zin, listen to this, and the art the art of mountain bike maintenance man why is this such an awesome book first of all if you don't know much about bikes you can read it and it tells you how the bike was designed and how it was supposed to work right this is what all these parts are for and this is how you use them So suddenly now, when you read about it, and and it's from someone who considers it an art, they are a professional, you suddenly realise, I've been doing this wrong. This is how it ought to have been. Can you see suddenly now, I had this manual, and it told me how the bike is supposed to work. And I've just suddenly realised, I haven't been using the gears. I didn't know what they were for suddenly now, I can ride a whole lot better than I used to. Yes? So it's useful for teaching, showing you how the bike works. That word rebuking is, you're not doing it right. This is how you should do it. This is, or this is how you're doing it wrong, I should say. And then the word correcting talks about, this is the right way to use the bike. And if you want your bike to last you many happy years, This is how you look after it. You've got to oil the chain, you've got to clean the chain, you've got to make sure that the cables are tight, that the seat is at the right height, that your handlebars are straight, that your wheels are straight, etc., etc., etc. This is how God's Word works for you and I. It's an instruction manual. It shows you God's intent for your life. It shows you how you were created. It reveals to you what you're doing wrong. And that's okay because we all do wrong stuff it shows you how to do it right and it shows you how to live long and happy for the Lord and have an impact in the earth so I've said a lot today Uh, uh, I hope I haven't sounded like I'm shouting do I have I sounded like I'm shouting at you today (laughs) I'm not angry I promise I'm not angry with anybody Uh, It just feels like time to speak about love and truth. uh, To enable us to live in the light of this expression of love. To say, God is speaking to us. He's speaking truth into our lives. Let's be honest where we're out out of whack. And let's have the desire to bend to what God wants for us. Amen. Because He alone speaks truth. Because He alone loves you and accepts you more than anyone on this earth. And He's got such wonderful plans for your life and my life. That if we would just listen, if we would just humble ourselves, if we would just walk humbly with each other and with Him and submit our thoughts and desires and dreams and ways to Him, we will prosper in this life and be more happy even amidst the difficulties that life brings we'll be more happy than we could ever imagine i don't know about you but that's the life that i want to live in jesus and i hope that we can take this journey as a family amen and we can be free to speak love and truth into our lives and hold each other up and support one another because we're not trying to judge we're trying to Consolidate, we're trying to unify, we're trying to reconcile. Yes, amen. Lord, thank you for today, thank you for your word, God. I thank you for what you're communicating to each of us. And I I pray that you will give us great ability to apply what we hear today, Lord. I pray that if you've revealed things to us that is outside of your truth, that you will help us to be brave enough to deal in the currency of truth and to bend back to the strait of your word, Lord. That your glory, that your goodness, that your fullness will be manifested in our lives again. Help us, Lord. We want to live in truth. We want to be free, Lord. We want to love truth. We want to live in truth, Lord. And so we submit ourselves to your truth today. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.